0: Well, good morning and welcome to episode number two, official episode number two of our In the Kitchen video series. Uh, Remember, for those of you who are uh, tuning in, uh, the purpose of the series is to equip you uh, for the ability to study the text we'll be studying together on Sunday, but also to put some tools in your belt if you're in that spot where you're feeling like maybe... Your family or your roommates or the people in your domicile, that's a big word, uh, the people in your domicile uh, need maybe a little bit of a break from the live stream. We we recognize that some of you may want to prepare your own, uh, your own study of this text and uh, we'll still be studying it together, but you might be doing it independently. So this will just give you some... Uh, Some ability to put that together. That's why we called it In the Kitchen. It's a chance for you to sort of whip up a meal out of the text of God's Word. Uh, My guests, our guests today, by the way, we talked also about whether or not we should look at the camera or just look at each other or just look at our feet. You know, what was the best way to do this? I don't think we've decided. So we'll just kind of play with that. But uh, our guests today are Jeff Lilly, who was here last week. And uh and you know, his wife wrote in and said, Oh, I'd really like to see him on that all the time. And we were like, Well, we don't we like Eugenie, so that's fine. <laughs> um, also Jenny Key, who's our shepherd of prayer ministry, many of you know, and uh, she works as an advocate in our mentoring program and is plugged in all over the place. We're glad to have you here today. And Zach Zienka, who is our newly appointed Shepherd of Young Professional Ministry, yeah. huzzah! Yeah. Uh, but has been serving as a shepherd in our 5 6 ministry and worked here years ago and came back, and he's awesome. His wife, Alexa, is awesome. Like, we've got, we, we're very thankful to have them here. And for what it's worth, uh, Zach is actually teaching this text in our services this weekend. So I think we'll start with you and we'll let you. Uh, We'll let you read the text and kind of give us a sense of where you're planning to go, what your tentative roadmap is here, and then we'll have some conversation. And we'll try and wrap all this up in about 20 minutes. So, here we go. Great. Let's read it. Uh, This is James 4.11. Do not speak evil
1: against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town, spend a year there, trade, and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasures in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. So fun, fun ending text yeah. there. Heavy. Yeah. I, um, Matt Bridgeford, who works with the kids ministry, called me yesterday. And he's like, I'm teaching this to kids. Like, I can't tell them their gold <laughs> is wasting away, that they're a mist. Help me out with this one. So, um, Just but, tell them they're murderers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll end on that one. Um, but I, I think the, the theme for this that I've been picturing in my head is – this idea of of proper kingdom vision, mm. of life and light, of Jesus's death and resurrection, his inauguration of his kingdom, all the things that he taught us, the Sermon on the Mount, that that gives us a a new perspective on the world, a way to put on new glasses and and see the world upside down. That Jesus would say, "Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble." We've seen like that language here in James, that as you've said before, it feels like James has this sermon on the mountain with him as he's writing this and it's super influential in this. And I've been keeping that in mind that there is a whole change of perspective that these passages are asking us to seek, that this first part here like hangs over all of this. I think this passage would be almost impossible to teach well without 11 through 12. This idea of not judging your brothers and sisters, because the next portions are things that that without that do sound judging, that you would be calling out the rich and the wealthy and those who make boastful plans. But that perspective there that says we first examine ourselves, that we are not the end-all, be-all perspective of the world, that when we are um, judging others and we're deciding facts about them, we're deciding their fate, we're deciding their motivation, we're deciding. Um, the morality of what they're doing without first examining ourselves is to put ourselves in a spot that only God is supposed to sit in. And I think that's part of that kingdom vision to say, no, God is king. He is, as it says in the text, he is lawgiver and he is judge. Um, So how am I able to make those decisions? Am I the one who's going to usurp God's position to say, "This this is this person. This is what they've done. This is who they are. And, and James makes these bold statements and says, when you're doing that, you are judging the law. You have you have replaced the law and put yourself there to say, it's not doing the work. What God has decided is not doing the work. I'm the one to decide where people are at. And I think that is the key over all this text, because we're going to get into things that are very specific, like active things about each other and about ourselves, about the way we make plans, the way we view um, certainty, the way we view wealth and riches and what we have, and it's going to be very easy to read the text of James here and start thinking of people and start thinking of others, and not think of ourselves first. And I think this passage is calling us to put our, ourselves in the mirror, right? To to look at ourselves and to not walk away and forget who we are, as James says. And so, in that second part, there, there's the um, it's the people who make boastful plans and they they know for certain what's going to happen. And if there's any text that I feel like is so relevant to our current situation, <laughs> yeah. it's one about making plans and then something unexpected happening and, and throwing that all away. I was making a joke to my wife this week um, because I was going through our books and trying to organize them. And I came across my christmas gift to my wife which was a 2020 planner it's <laughs> <That's laughs> just, just like the biggest hoist of money what just I yeah <laughs> what is even the point of this planner now um but i mean i, I feel like there's there's just <laughs> such good truth there for us to take the perspective of where we are in our current situation and to say you know what we don't know what tomorrow holds um and it is boastful of us to to assume that we have control over such things. And again, it's that perspective that James is saying, you're supposed to look at what, what God wills first before you make these plans. And it's not about a magical word. It's not just to say, okay, we got all these plans, but if the Lord's will, and then just move on. It's, it's to have that perspective to say things can change. Things can move around in our life. That God is ultimately in charge. I don't get to make the plans. And then moving into the the fun passage on the rich. Um, again, it's, it's about perspective. It's about what we give value to the things that we are, are gathering and hoarding up and, and attributing worth to. And um, it's again, I mean, sermon on the mouth, right? In Matthew six, the, you know, you if you store your treasures here on earth, moths will eat them and thieves will steal them. And James is using such similar language there to say, where, where's your treasure? Is it stored here on, he- on earth? Is it that's where you're putting your value or is it stored in heaven? Is your value stored in the kingdom of God? Is is that where you're putting your effort and what you're, you're working towards? And I mean, there's a lot in this passage I I want to work out and, um, and specifically get us to a point where we're looking at wealth in ways that aren't so much just about gold and, and money. I think that's important on the offset. I think it's easy to spiritualize a text like this and 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 move past this. So I think it's important to sit and think about our literal wealth. Right. But then to think about the things that we, we do attribute to. I forget in our teaching team we someone made the joke about toilet paper. Like just a few <laughs> months ago that that was more valuable than gold. It was something <laughs> we were we were all hoarding up and we didn't need to and we weren't thinking about other people that needed such a resource. And it's like we're the ones who attribute value to to things on this earth. And the kingdom perspective is to say th- they're all in the same playing field. Toilet paper, gold, it, all of that doesn't matter in light of the kingdom. It's it's about others. It's about people. And so I I think it's important for us to to spend time on actual wealth, but then to look at okay if, if you aren't someone who is. Just loaded with gold. Um, are there things that are are easy to take away from people and not share and not contribute to? So, right.
2: so just for clarification, if somebody still has piles of toilet paper in their yeah. garage, <laughs> we can check it Will be counted against them. Right? Yeah, that against cries them. out against yeah. you. Yeah.
0: yeah, I I love I love that path, and I think for me, what what pops out is the question he asks at the end of twelve, and then the rest of it sort of feels like it answers the question in some way so when he says at the end of 12 who who are you to judge your neighbor that question who are you yeah you, you know i have to stop and go oh yeah i sometimes forget yeah. that i'm and he answers it in the last part of four he says you're a mist right you're a vapor that's mm-hmm. here for a little while and disappears so he first goes who are you and then he goes you're nobody you're nothing you're just like you're like uh 19 particles in the air that blow away in the wind or whatever like you're a vapor and yet you're doing all these things to try and convince yourself that you're more in control than you are to try and convince yourself that you're that you number one can prepare for the future that you know what's going to happen tomorrow you're trying to hoard all this you know when you get into five hoard all this stuff you're defrauding your employees you you're making all of these indulgences because because you are trying to convince yourself you're not a mist yeah. but the the other side of it is if you could just go uh, I'm going to be here for whatever. I'm going to be here for 70 years. I'm going to be here for 90 years or whatever. And this little blip that is my physical life is just a speck on my eternal being. But in this moment, I have the opportunity to reveal Christ. If I can just remember who I am. So much of our like scheming and plotting and our damage we do to other people is because I've forgotten who I am. And I've started to try and pretend like I'm somebody who knows the future, who knows what I need. I think God's just all, all the time. I mean, if you, even if you think about manna, I don't mean to give a big speech here, but if you think about the way he laid out manna, he didn't want them to be able to stockpile it. He didn't no. want them to be able to hold on to it. He wanted them to come back every day and get some more. Why? Because he wanted them to see where their dependence was. It was in him. So there's this, uh, you know, Jesus talks about being the bread of life.
2: So I totally get that. But that brings up the question that's like sitting in the middle of this is like, we're in Orange County, right? It's a land... <laughs> North, of, North Orange County. Yeah, that is different. But that question is, is, is retirement wrong? Yeah. You know, when you set up, set money aside, and then how much do you set up? And I don't want to go to that point right away, because I, I don't even sure you finished even some of your thoughts to the end. But I do think those two... There's two questions there. The one of, who are you, I think is super big. But then that second one, what is your life? And those two go together so well that it, I literally, as I was reading this, thought, I should ask that question every morning. Who am I? Who am I and what is what my life? life? And put it back in that perspective before I start the day. Yeah. So those are great points
3: right off the bat. Yeah. I, I, I love not to be a, a word nerd about this. But I love that this introduces kind of those themes of who is the judge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of his names is judge. And, and judgment is one of the things that's happening. And yet, don't we hate the word judgmental if people are judgmental? So where in that is our, sort of our role? We're not to just sort of, all right, give up any sort of assessive qualities. Um, but the idea of judging people is so personal. You know, and I think just even as you said, this whole COVID thing, I also think the racial injustice issue that's happening right now so speaks to this, you know, that people sit in judgment of others or they feel like I'm not judgmental. There's that whole thing of self-deceit. And I think you said it so well as I I better be looking here in the mirror rather than looking beyond it to saying, oh, so-and-so needs this. I think, Darren, you said that so well on Sunday night. You even just said, if you're thinking I need to text somebody and say... <laughs> you <laughs> didn't hear this message. <laughs> you need to hear this right. message. Then, I had my text half-written. Yeah, so it's so like, much
0: easier to it, yeah. do that. It's so and much I easier think, to go. Yeah, somebody yeah.
3: So not even right-sizing our role, but isn't that part of the sort of the same thing of who am I? Like, who am I to say that? Right. And yet God does invite us into... Uh, an evaluatory aspect and a prayerful aspect and a reaction, like uh-huh. a, a response, is a better word than reactionary. But a response. Yeah. So he wants us to be engaged.
0: And that kind of speaks even to what Jeff was saying about uh, savings or about yeah. uh, about the way we handle our work. It's not that it's not that having a savings account or having yeah. retirement or employing people to to you know work in your fields or what none of that stuff's wrong. It's it's about the perspective of dependence in all of it that in my assessments of other people i have to be dependent upon god's assessment first it has to be what he has said about my fellow man it has to be what he has said about me it has you know like my assessments aren't dependent upon my my perception alone because my perception alone is going to is is going to fail me if my if my savings account or my retirement is my sole hope for the future like if that is my golden ticket Th- then I'm no longer dependent. I'm, all of a sudden, I'm confident in myself. So the the place where it becomes hoarding, or the place where it becomes fraud, or the place where it becomes you know the, the willingness to like fatten the hearts of other people for slaughter, um, or fatten my own heart for the day when other people are being slaughtered is probably more along the lines of what's actually said there. That that's a perspective of I'm taking care of me. I'm taking care of me because either I don't believe anybody else will or can. Or because I think I can do it better than anybody else.
2: Well, and I think that that's it, right? That's selfish ambition. And this this principle, like you talked about, Zach, of this upside down kingdom of of the Sermon on the Mount stops and says, it shouldn't be your ambition at all. It should be the Lord's ambition, if the Lord wills. And it brings in that question, because I've played with this one most of my life that too often, you know, well, if the Lord wills, we'll go do such and such. So we put that little phrase on there as if to sanitize it and bless it and go, well, I asked that question, if the Lord wills. It's like if the Lord allows, and it almost feels like it's not about whether the Lord allows, it's whether the Lord actually spoke to you and asked you to do it to begin with. Like, did the Lord reveal his will to you? And that's why you're going into such and such a city. Yeah. You know, and that one struck home for Eugenie and I, because... We showed up here in Fullerton because we felt like God was saying, it's time to leave Seattle. We weren't ready to leave Seattle. So for us, it was more about the Lord willing us to go as opposed to us going, we want to go to Fullerton and hopefully if the Lord wills, we'll be able to. And I, so often I hear that phrase as if it's a, a little talisman yeah. we can sprinkle yeah. on whatever we do. But that's us looking after our ambition and trying to get the Lord's blessing yeah. on our ambition. Yeah. And even the judging is that, right? It's like, this is the way I want the world to go, and if you're not doing it that way, I'm going to judge you accordingly. Right. And who are we? What is our life? If that's what we would do.
3: Is it, is it fair to just say... Um, What's one of the things that's important here is how people became rich you know there there are the rich among us because God has so yeah. just poured out blessing and they've been faithful with a little and so he's grown it to a lot but this really tells us how they became rich yeah right? there's there's a cheating of other sure, people absolutely. of their, of their and wages yeah, fri- and not yeah. paying them and and to your other point about hoarding too so you know I think, we and we are in a very I mean, incredibly affluent. What are we like? The United States is like the top one percent, and then we're the one percent of the one percent, et cetera. And so, we more than any need to be really careful. Right. So we need to have that. You know, talk between us. Are we okay? You know, our husband and wife. And by the way, you mentioned Eugenie and Alexa. And
0: I didn't talk about Jim. I know.
3: I'd like to shout out <laughs> to Although, my Although, I
0: will <laughs> shout out to Jim too. I had yeah. the best conversation Did with Jim. Jim on Sunday. In fact, I told my wife about that when I got home. I was like... I had the coolest conversation okay, with Jim on Sunday. So, anyway, so, so shout out to Jim. Shout out
3: to my baby. He's a great But anyway, we need, judging, to, were we, no, <laughs> we need to be in agreement on <laughs> that, Elect. you know, as couples or as a single, you know, you've got some, you know, hopefully some prayer partners, some like journey partners with you to kind of, because I think we can kind of slip into these things and okay. say, you know, we, we had talked about this earlier, Zach, about that idea that if I'm holding tightly to what I have, it keeps me also from receiving mm-hmm what else God might want to put in there. Right. So, um, I love that you're going to call us to that. Yeah. To be, and I
1: I think too, one of the passages I put down was Ecclesiastes five, because there's this, and that's so well tied to all of this, right. That your, your life is a mist. And, and I found Ecclesiastes incredibly helpful at the beginning of, of the quarantine. And I found others reading Ecclesiastes that it's like, when we realize the fragility of our life it's like mm. oh wow like I am a mist like right. this life is a vapor and I and I saw a lot of people going to that book in fact our our youth ministry that was our first thing we started teaching all together was Ecclesiastes at the beginning and in Ecclesiastes 5 he talks about um, the the vanity of just trying to, hold, to take as much money as possible to make your life so rich and then he says, but in the end, you die, and your and your kids enjoy right. it, and you never get to enjoy it. And his conclusion was, if you are blessed with riches, enjoy it and be generous with it. You know, like that. That that's that idea of like there are people who are going to be wealthy, and it's it's how how does that happen that James is talking about? But it's also like, what are you doing with mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and and the heart behind it? And I think Ecclesiastes speaks really well to that. I'm, I'm probably going to go to that passage for a little
0: bit. Yeah, that's cool. Five, oh, that's cool. So we're getting close to the end of our time, but are there other resources like that, Zach, other texts you point people to, or anybody else you have other things you might point people towards? I mean, there's a lot in Proverbs yeah. um, uh, that would sort of resonate with some of this. We've already mentioned Sermon on the Mount. Are there other things, are there books you'd recommend? Are there any, I, I don't, I, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, are are no, there other things you push people um,
1: towards? One of the passages I, I might spend some time in is Genesis 3. Okay. Um, I think this idea of, Judging and taking God's authority is deeply connected to the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Of, of taking something to decide, I am going to be the one to make the decision of what's good and what's evil. So, I, if there was a passage to reflect on mm-hmm. before reading this, I would suggest Genesis three. Um, as far as resources, um, I know you guys talked a little bit about what what you guys go to when you are yeah when you are teaching. I um, do the same stuff of of reading through the text and a bunch of different translations first. And then my go-to is the Bible Project. I their videos. I know we've sent them out. Yeah, that's their a great. That's a great reference. Their overviews of the of the whole book are incredible. And then something they have as a great resource is, is they list different commentaries that they suggest for the book. So if you're lost in the world of commentaries, they do a great job mm-hmm. of being like, here are some really good uh, popular level ones, and here's some academic ones. Do so that's know. always my. I go there, and then that's the commentary I usually go and grab first, awesome. and, and go
0: through. So, cool. Yeah. Anybody else? Uh, we also had uh, Bob. I think Bob Alexander wrote in to us this week after watching the deal last week, and said, "Don't forget to tell people about Blue Letter Bible, which is an online mm. resource that's free." Yes. Um, so if you if you don't have the money to invest in a, or maybe at this point you don't want to invest in Bible software, some of the things we talked about yeah. in that opening episode. Uh, Blue letter Bibles. In Another
1: book. great one is um, it's called Step Bible, S-T-E-P Bible. Um, it's free. You can type in uh, a trans like the text you want to go to, and then it will have all the Greek. It'll have all the Hebrew, very similar to Logos without, you know, taking out a mortgage. <laughs>
2: <And> <laughs> I would add that if you don't want to go to any of those, just come and listen to Zach. There you go. <laughs> <I'll try laughs> right That's
0: Cut cut through all of that. So, Okay. Anything else? No. Thank you very much for tuning in. By the way, we would love to hear if, if you were taking this video series and you're utilizing it to prepare your own uh, discussion around your coffee table or your kitchen table with your family, your kids, your roommates, your friends. Uh, we would love to hear stories about how you're utilizing this only so we can share those stories with other people and also so that we can evaluate how how, wh- how and whether or not this is useful in the life of the body of our church. So keep us posted. God bless you. And if we don't see you before that, we'll see you uh. On Sunday, maybe night. Maybe Sunday night at six thirty, come and join us. All right.